Welcome to the Online Presence Podcast, where we bring you mind-blowing and heart-opening insights to help you sell more of your life-changing offers with ease. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, a sales funnel and message energetic strategist, and for those curious, a one-thing generator living in sunny California. I help life-first personal brand entrepreneurs who are tired of putting their life last on the path to growth to make sure to help you to design high-converting marketing around your life and not the other way around. Together, we'll dive into the deep world of compelling funnels and messaging that moves people like poetry. Join me as we explore everything that an online presence covers, from new sales copy angles to nervous system regulation during scaling, to even the horror stories between balancing work and travel, to even tarot cards. We cover it all. And the best part? We'll do it together, as it's my mission to help convert your next 100 lifetime buyers. So tune in. Take notes and let's elevate your online presence to the next level. All right. Today we have on Jamar for part two. I I seldom have a lot of people on for part two of my podcast because you really have to be given good conversation and also giving good topics for me to want to bring you back on. And I think Jamar is one of the few people who I feel like is truly just an endless treasure trove of YouTube content, kind of how I feel when it comes to funnel, like you have the same brain as me when it comes to this work. And I think it's just beautiful. So we talked a little bit about this before we started the podcast on kind of what would be best supportive for you, the listener and for people to hear. And instead of going into the like dozens of dozens of things you could talk about with YouTube and all the tasks you could do to create your channel, I hear from a lot of people. And I think where we start with is talking about how to choose your video topics. So you heard in the part one, we talked about like the video types where you hear a little bit around like the types of videos. So you understand kind of like the idea of what you're meant to shoot in the general sense, but then what are you going to say? What is the like overall message? And I think us going into that, hearing his perspective and also him even guinea pigging me and using me (laughs) to give you guys live examples will help you to understand his genius, because I think there is just a beautiful thing that he does here that really blends it all together. So welcome Jamar for coming on for part two, and I'm happy to dive into all this. Yes. Thank you for having me for part two. I'm so ready to get into it. (laughs) So I think what would be really helpful for people to hear before we dive into all the nitty gritty of it is help people understand like the video topic, kind of not even just like a definition of what it is, but how it fits into the entire YouTube strategy, like how important it is for people to understand what a video topic can do for their video alongside of now that they understand the five types of videos, where does this really play into and why is it important to start with? Yeah. So, so once you know the five types, like those five categories of videos, like now you need to start positioning yourself as like your ideal client, like who, like that, that target audience person that you're trying to get into your sales funnel. And so these topics are going to align directly to what they're struggling with, like um, in the moment right? Or what is going to be those things that they need to actually know in order to um, move them further and further down that customer buying journey or like that little social media funnel, if you will. So you've talked about this before, and I'm curious to see how it lines up that a lot of the YouTube content is really to help with when it comes to that problem aware type content to really help them to understand that there is kind of like that need to then go further into like whatever the lead magnet or free training would be down the funnel. So I'm mm-hmm. curious how you have possibly, I know you do have like a framework or workflow to help kind of unearth for people what that problem aware content might be. Cause some people I think 
might still see that as, oh, are we digging too much into the pain? Are we doing, is it like too negative or whatnot? And I'm curious to hear your take on it and how you kind of approach it from a strategy sense too. Yeah. So I like to, some people think that it's um, getting too much on like the pain, but I don't think, I think it's, um, I think that we have to realize that our people are already in pain if they are searching for the solution. So like what point they're not searching for the transformation, honey, they're searching for their specific issue. So you want to get down with the pain or you're not trying to use a search engine, (laughs) but, but, um, but really like, you know, there's different levels and there's different types of topics, right? So we have like that, how to do this, or what is the difference between this or that? Right. Um, like for me, like I've had something where it's like, what is the difference, um, uh, between, oh shoot, I, I think I just lost it, but like, um, should I live launch or should I have an evergreen like launch? What are the pros and cons of that? Right. That's a really good example of something that your ideal client, if you're like a, like a marketing strategist or even a launch strategist, um, that people like, or any type of like marketing person, if you, if your ideal client is struggling or getting blocks around like the types of launches, or like they're getting too much in the weeds of like what they should do, they're, they're searching for those things. And so your topic can help them get back on track, come back down to reality and come back to what the first step needs to be, which is getting onto your email list. <laughs> I think that's beautiful because it helps to kind of show too, for people that the how-to type videos or that more value-based don't always have to be tutorials or walkthroughs. Because even I know that I've had the belief for the longest time of like the how-tos have to be me walking you through the like layout of whatever it might be, like all the the techie tutorials. And I think it's important and I love to hear your, your opinion about it because I think even though that can be supportive of a type of uh, video to create, depending on who you're trying to go for, that might actually not be supportive for them. For example, like for my type of audience, they've already usually (laughs) have like a sales page and funnel already set up. So they don't really need to know how to step-by-step create a sales page, but they need whatever the next step would be for the how-to of that. And I'd love to hear your perspective for those who are kind of like wondering how to elevate this for maybe a more mature or intermediate advanced type of client they might have? Yes. So I love this question because it's so specific. It, it, it's so specific, like specific to your type of client and the type of offer that, that you have. That's really um, why whenever we do any type of strategy, we're like, okay, so what are you selling? Mm-hmm. Right. It's not just like, how many views can you get around a topic? How many, how many subscribers can you get up on the, your channel by, by talking about how to make a sales page, right? Like that's like, right. Those are great topics depending on what you're selling. And so if you have a more mature audience, like then like your type of videos are going to be a little bit, bit mature. And so like, for example, um, if you have a template shop, right, which th- that is such a great content for like not mature for like very, very beginner level content, right? Because the goal is to get them to go and buy a template from your um, shop. Mm-hmm. But if you are selling, um, what if, but, but what if you're selling uh, uh, copywriting for, for your sales page, or if mm-hmm. you are actually designing sales pages or, 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 or if you're doing these things, then you need to talk about um, some of the, what, what, like, well, one of my, like, one of my ideas is um, 
how can you increase conversions on your sales pages, mm. right? That is a how-to video, right? Mm. But it's very advanced. The person that is trying to get the sales page template is not really, that's not what they're looking for right now. The type of person who is looking to, to increase conversions of like on their sales page, um, those people have already had a sales page. They know how to make it right? They probably launched it a few times, but they have struggled, but they are struggling with a low conversion rate, right? Those people are already educated in so many ways about other things, right? That is your mature audience, right? So increased conversion rates of sales pages is probably like a phrase that you probably want to just like beat home till, till the cows come home, okay? Like um, for like your YouTube topics, right? Um, mistakes that people make whenever they're trying to um, increase their conversion rates um, mm -hmm. on sales pages or or even with when it comes to email marketing, like how to increase your, your conversion rates for email marketing, right? Like um, this is just like one keyword or phrase that I'm pretending is probably a really, um, a really uh, great phrase to like tackle um, if you're in like the marketing space or copywriting space or um, space in general, right? So um, that's how I would, does that make sense? Like I, that's how I would kind of skip the line of like a, like how I would skip the line and, and find a more mature um, viewer versus um, making content that's more beginner, right? Because yeah. if I'm selling something a little bit more higher level, I want that, I want the content to really, like to really reflect that. So yeah. No, that's huge. And I think that's important for people to understand because I I for sure know that the key, one of the keywords would definitely be something around conversion rate or increased conversions for sure for like one of them for, for what I do. And I think it's important for people to hear this because so often when we're thinking about like the problem aware type piece, it's easy for us to think about the beginners because the beginners are kind of like they need everything. <laughs> you could have endless video topics for those people, but if they're not your people right now, like let's say, for example, you, like you said, you have a services, maybe you'll later down the road, do a template shop. It's also maybe important for you to then possibly also bring in those other videos in case you want to start to begin to build that up before your shop. But I think it's important for people to hear this from you is that you can really custom fit things for your people. And that even though and I'll give you another one because I know people are going to be, I've had a lot of people who come to me who are, what's the word? They are intangible entrepreneurs where they help with like uh, breath work or hypnosis or like Reiki meditation. I have people who come to me for that and help them to like specify their copy because they have a hard time being able to, to speak about it. And I know mm -hmm. some of them want to have better content that sees like people see more, but it can feel like, well, then what's my tags and keywords for that? Because then is it just all of the modality? And I'm curious actually, because you, I know have people who help out with like software specific things like Airtable or whatnot. So mm -hmm. would you kind of approach that for people who have more, for me, it's not as keyword heavy in the modality that I use. It's more of the transformation and problem. But for them, is that something where you kind of have your, your lens go towards modality talk for keywords? Like how would you approach that for someone who maybe doesn't or has more of a modality kind of thing versus a strictly problem solution thing. So I, what I like to do, do with the work that, that we do is um, I like to take a look at whatever framework they may have, like how, mm -hmm. like how, like how do they work with people um, regardless of if, if like maybe they're not like a, like a 
business coach in like the like traditional sense or whatever, right? Um, but if they have, but like maybe they have some type of organized way that they like help people that we can kind of pull that from. Um, but I would also lean more towards um, situational um, keywords or phrases. Like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more like that. So like um, almost like what to do when blank is happening, right? So it's, it's so it's more like, um, yeah, you would have some keywords that are specific to what your actual niche is, but then um, I would not only target the, the actual injury industry specific things, but I would also try to um, maybe even connect situational things and like how um, your expertise in that specific industry may like kind of blend in. So it's kind of like, it's it's a little bit more, um, it's a little bit more different if you did, but, but, but once you find like the blend between like what the need is for your work and what is the situational um, stage someone may be in that they may need that work um, and then finding a topic of finding a way to present to present that that topic to them would be really good like like um, one of the things um, one of our clients in the past like she was an ancestral healer oh. and um, and I think what we talked about was uh, we talked about um, generational like how ancestral healing helps you build generational wealth or mm. how it's just like, it's just stuff like that, right? Depending on whatever your expertise is or like how you help people, right? On uh, what are those, 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 those ways, that's how you can kind of tie in a, a situation or like a, a transformation that someone wants with, with your expertise and how you help them. That's great. Cause it's actually very similar to the work that I have to do with these type of clients is like to pull out those situations for them because it does not just with YouTube, but with your entire marketing will change when you have that specificity there, because you don't have to change how you approach working with clients, but they need to, as my client says, which I don't, I have not used this phrase in forever. Like, how do I make people understand what I do for the general, like the gen pop, the general population. And I think that's really what the not that you have to dumb down things as you never should, but that you need to pair things with words and keywords and situations they understand. Like I see this so often with like love or relationship coaches where a lot of their stuff is around literal situations. Like he didn't text back. What do you do? You guys broke up. What do you do? So I think sometimes when we think about YouTube videos for how to, we again, get stuck in that like four ways to do whatever. And it's good to hear for people as well that you can still be the like entire unique unis, but to really get more specific on the situations people come into looking for your work for. Yes. Like it's so, um, I almost like to think about those kind of intangible things like SaaS companies, which is so mm. weird, but like, um, you know, like if you're using a platform, you're, you're trying to Google something of like, you're trying to Google your situation of what you're dealing with right now, mm -hmm. right? That's kind of how I think um, they should look at it as well. Like, how can you tie in what you do to what someone's currently going through right now? That is such good advice because people have, I think, an issue when it comes to evergreen content, especially like making it almost too strategy focused where it like takes out all of their, what they believe is like their goodness. Mm -hmm. And I love that you talk about this because I think it's really important to speak into because it helps people with their marketing, but especially with also their confidence 
in talking about what they do. Because I think also when you have things like this, even for myself, even though I know what I do is phenomenal, there's times where even I'm like, which angle do I want to do today? Because there's so many angles I can do. And to have someone help you to be more confident and clear in knowing, okay, this is the best way for you to go, especially with with YouTube, especially like you have a bona fide validation framework there because you have, you can check for the, I forget what the names are, something like pool volume of like the keywords oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So search, you're able yeah, to search volume and competition, all that good you. stuff. <laughs> yeah. So you have that actual validation to show that there is some like need for what you have, if not just creating your own path too, which I'm curious about your perspective on that too with you, with YouTube, because the more and more that I talk to people, there really is a resurgence happening again with YouTube from a lot of people who are interested in it, both from the podcast side of wanting to make their podcast more relevant, but I think also on the side of actually having more body of work content on there. So I'm curious how you help people when it comes to maybe video topics, or does this blend with people who do come to you who also have podcasts, who want to have like, now we talked about the topics, is there a way that you help them blend this in there? How do you kind of see or envision video podcasts or even just, you know, people are putting, slapping on their video recording from the podcast on the YouTube to actually benefit them as an entrepreneur versus, like you said, be so focused on the views. I think sometimes that's what we, we worry about is like trying to get more views when we're not really being strategic with it. Yeah. So um, this is something that always comes up. And it's so interesting um, because it's so easy to look at a YouTube channel and think, yeah, oh my God, I love podcasting too. I should totally use um, YouTube to share my video podcast, right? It just, it just feels like it just makes sense, right? It just feels like, duh, but, um, but here's the thing. Um, We forget what the purpose is for your video podcast. Your video podcast is really to nurture build authority, build trust, um, and, and, and also get a conversion over a long period of time. And when I mean long, like long, like long period of time, I mean like that 30 minute, um, video, right. Versus, um, versus the types of videos that, um, that we do, um, for our clients is they're more, um, short. They're much, they're, they're much more shorter. They're like, maybe like at most, like probably like 10, 15 minutes, maybe even that. Some of our clients are just like, no, like you get seven minutes. You know? <laughs> they're like, oh my God, 15 minutes. <laughs> but, um, but, um, the purpose of your other YouTube videos in the YouTube strategy is to pull in new people, um, each and every day. Like those videos are supposed to be found in the search engines, um, so that you can always get new people into your marketing ecosystem. Um, for the most part, like, yes, there are, yes, there is some podcast SEO in there. Sometimes like if you were to make your, your podcast into like a blog post, or, you know, if you, you know, um, if you were to title it a certain way, like there's a chance where you can have like some searchability there. But what I'm talking about is like the second largest search engine, um, being able to um, show your video on autopilot without you having to do anything else to it, right? Um, These two types of things um, work differently, right? So your podcast, your video podcast is really used to nurture your existing audience is really, really great for that. Think about if you are using the search engine and you're trying to find an answer to your problem, right? Um, And you come across a 45 minute video or a 15 minute video. 
which one would you watch to get to your answer faster? I do a five minute video usually if it's a question. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so, and so when you think about it that way, this person doesn't know you, do you really think that they're going to listen to you for 30 minutes, right? Um, for, for And, and it'd be, be a podcast, a video podcast, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, I am struggling with this thing. I don't really, I really don't want to watch this 30 minute video. I really want to go to someone else that has it in a shorter amount because I, because when you think about it, that person, they're looking for solutions now, right? Yeah. And so versus your um, video podcast, most of the time, they already know you in some kind of capacity. They're used to seeing you on social media. They are more than happy to listen to you or your guests for 20 plus minutes, right? And so that's where that conversion happens, right? But the connection has already been made somewhere else. That is actually- Does that make sense? Oh, it a hundred percent does. And I see it so clearly when it comes to thinking about like overall marketing where there's lead generation content and there's nurture content. And to me, it really like you help draw the clear line of what you do is to help them get more leads versus a podcast, even in a video form is really to nurture. Like I think about it so much about when I talk to people, I mean, obviously I have my own podcast, so meta, <laughs> <to say. laughs> but um, even people who I talk to who also have podcasts, it really is something that's kind of a like love for doing it rather than a huge cash grab. Sure. There might be a time where as you build up more viewers, you might have like on, you know, brand deals or sponsorships on the actual podcast. And sure. You do sometimes get conversions from that, but I think what's really important also about what you mentioned, people don't realize is the state, the mental state of the consumer who's coming into YouTube versus podcast. When I'm listening to a podcast, I've, I'm either in my car riding a bike or like relaxing. I'm not going to probably take time or think about going to your lead gen or going to your sales page because I'm in the passive mode. I'm in the passive learning. YouTube is a lot more active. And I think it's important for people to realize that because if you know also what your goal is, which you, you do a really good job of helping them to understand, it's like, if you want more leads, we have to then meet them and make more content to help activate that active part rather than continue to do more passive. And they're not really going to be wanting to take action just because they're not in that state of taking action. Oh, yes. Someone gets me. It's like, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that is the, the clear thing that I have been working so hard to, to educate people on because um, I'm not against video podcasts at all. Um, I think they're really great. I think what happens is um, I, I have to always educate on please understand that your video podcast has a different role in your marketing strategy. Um, because I just don't want people to make that mistake of doing a video podcast, putting it up on YouTube and expecting it to work the same way that our YouTube strategy um, works for our clients. Does that make sense? So like, it's, you know, it's, they're, they're doing two different things up on the YouTube channel. If you use the same, you, if you, you even use, use the same channel, right. Or the same medium. And so, um, as long as y'all understand the differences, then you, then you should be good to go. <laughs> And for the sake of helping, hopefully people keep their subscribers, please don't upload more than one podcast per week. Some people will go and they like, they're trying to put their podcast in. Like, let's say for example, they've only done audio and they're trying to put in their video now and they will put 10 other episodes and like just massive upload them at once. 
you will lose subscribers because I know you don't see it, but on the side of the consumer, which I've had this happen like three times with people who have like business entrepreneurs who are just like stockpiling all the episodes from their audio all at once, you're gonna lose us because it's not, it then feels like a very overwhelming experience for the consumer to see like all your entire subscription list be that. And yeah. two, it's not enticing enough because like you said, it's a nurture content to want us to click. So I just had to put that out there. And I'm, I'm curious if you believe the same thing. So I'm just like, y'all, you are literally, it's like waterboarding your people with episodes. <laughs> yes. I think that, I think that um, if you already have a channel and, and you're actively using it and then now you're trying to put your podcast on it because now you know how YouTube um has 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 not released functionality to have a video podcast they have like their own like little thing happening over there um and now you want to use it but you got to make sure just don't you know don't upload so many times to where you're going to like people are, are going to get not get notified you know you don't want mm -hmm. want that to happen so yeah no I I totally understand like, if you are launching launching yes. a new channel then sure put up what what is it I don't know what it is for podcasts but like you know for YouTube videos like maybe like five five videos you know just to just have a little bit them, there. yeah just give them enough enough to binge you know <laughs> until no, you're following two weeks or a week later Oh no, I think you're so, you're so right. Cause I actually think about, I stumbled upon, you actually would love this channel. I just can't remember it now, which is terrible. I'll, I'll have to send it to you later and put it in the show notes, yeah. but it's a channel that does like deep dive into pop, like 2000s pop culture lore. It's very niche. It's like the, what's it called? What was it? It was like the decimation of Miley Cyrus's childhood. And like, it was just like really crazy, but it was so well done. And they had maybe, 10 videos and they had over almost like 100k at that point they're more obviously view based but it was really cool to see that because I think it's a good re representation of like yes you're building your body of work on YouTube and yes you do need to have multiple videos but also you don't need to have a wall of videos I think about even the people that I subscribe to it's similar to me in Instagram where once I'm looking for something specifically I might see your feed or a YouTube channel I might scroll down like two or three times on the first glance and mm -hmm. then I'm probably going to stop so I don't think you should worry about having also like a wall at once yeah no it's you don't need a whole wall like just just stop <laughs> <laughs> and like you already too I'm curious as well as we dive into this because obviously I know people when they think about YouTube now and hopefully thinking about lead gen they're probably also going to think about the relatively new feature of shorts and I think it's important to talk about because not that I think it's needed or not needed, but more so to understand, again, people have unfortunately a lot of um, misconceptions with how well the shorts can be for their business. And as someone who's seen the side of it where people are used to thinking about algorithms as like highly optimized algorithms like TikTok might be or Instagram. I have noticed with YouTube shorts, if you're thinking about it for, hey, I want more quality people, you're not going to have that now because their algorithm is still chaotic in shorts. And the comments I've seen like random places you'll find terrifying. So I'm curious your two cents about shorts, knowing that people obviously are wanting more leads. And I think maybe that's like more traffic. What's your take on that? Oh, I'm so happy that you said this. I fucking hate shorts. Yep. Don't, don't <laughs> upload them. They are the worst thing ever. <laughs> Let me stop. 
but like, yeah, like I just don't, I don't think that they're needed for the YouTube strategy to be successful. And I think it does dilute your, I think it does dilute your, um, your viewer, your viewer, um, your ideal viewer, like ratio that you have that, that encounters your content because, um, what, what you're getting is just the shorts shelf. And honestly, I think it's just being sent to anybody. Like the algorithm yeah. is that algorithm on the shorts is not as good as what you think, like for TikTok or reels. It's not, it's, I don't think it's the same. And honestly, I think that YouTube is really great for their long form content. I think that even with this new podcast, I think with long form, you're going to win with YouTube. I think that's just where like it's just, it, it just does a great job. So um, if you want to do short form content, you know, use the short form platforms for that, you know, um, do that. I honestly, when we did have, um, we used to offer like shorts, um, shorts uh, management meant before, um, just very, it was like a flash. It was like a flash. <laughs> And I was like, oh no, we're not doing this. It was like, you know, cause people were just asking. So I'm like, yep. okay, fine. We'll add it to your package, whatever. And I, and as we were doing it, I, like, you know, the, like the clients that came in at like the height of shorts, they were getting thousands of views up on their shorts and stuff. But as we were looking at their analytics, oh my gosh, it was the worst people. Like when yeah. you, totally ruined our analytics our youtube analytics because it was showing that we were being suggested over like from these like weird ass um channels and stuff but it was because you know people are just scrolling right and so they're being found from a whole different video or a whole different short that is um related to their industry and so it really diluted our um our our whole analytics so I didn't want to do it anymore. And so we probably have like one or two clients that are grandfathered into the shorts. And, but I'm like, we're not, do, we're not having it as a, as an offer anymore. <laughs> it's, I mean, as, as a strategist that you are, like you make decisions to help them see what's going to be the best result. And shorts aren't like, I actually, now you're talking about it. It very much reminds me of like the heyday or the beginning of reels where I remember even a few of mine getting on Instagram, like very random, like one or two would get like 16,000 views and 2000 views, but they were weird people who found me. Like it was not, you know, my, the people I was going for. And it feels like that, but worse. <laughs> like I have not seen people um, really use it effectively for, for bringing people in, unless you're a like actual bigger influencer who does um very unique short specific type of ideas like there's a few people I think of in mind who are actual like streamers or influencers who make because they have the the capacity to to make that the only person I've really seen do it well and maybe it's because I'm biased I love them the fitness marshal has fantastic shorts because like they pull from their dances and they're very funny personalities but since you're an entrepreneur not that you can't have personality but you're also going to try and solve someone's problems. You really can't solve someone's problem in the span of 60 seconds usually. Right, and when you think about this too, so think about, so also think about the already built-in community, these people that are using shorts already have, right? Yeah. And so it doesn't, it on a certain level, it doesn't matter if there are new people that are seeing the shorts, but their existing community are already seeing those shorts. And it's already like, th think of that, like they're using shorts. I would, 
thing as like nurture content. If if the same thing is happening to like us, where like we're getting like these like random people looking at the um the um shorts, so are they, but they just have a bigger community that is seeing their shorts that already know like and trust them, you know. Um and, and so for them, shorts is not that bad. It isn't like that bad for them, but for a new channel or or an entrepreneur who is just starting up on YouTube or trying to revive their channel, shorts is just not worth the squeeze. It's not. And like the even the few entrepreneur people that I've found who do shorts, they it really is a literal like revamp of their clip of one of their YouTube videos that they're mm -hmm. like trying to resize. And even then you can kind of tell that it's not yeah. made for it. And it's just stuff like that, where maybe you don't realize that it makes a big deal. But when you think about shorts, like they're meant to be something that really brings a viewer in. And if you can kind of already tell, like this was kind of a clip that not that the clip's bad, but again, if a clip doesn't already bring you into it, like a normal personality might do that. It's not going to be worth your time. So I'm happy we're talking about this because I think it's something that's always on people's mind of like well if I'm doing YouTube and you know YouTube is promoting shorts like they have now that rewards pro or it's like the what's it called mm -hmm. payment program but like you, like, um yeah 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 and just like you mentioned though too if you don't have a big audience already or you're not like massively growing through that it's also not going to be worth your time to care about shorts anyway because you're gonna you want to get people from your business rather than just YouTube mm -hmm. yeah that's the difference between that's the difference between like that whole creator strategy and the business owner strategy um, that we talked about earlier. It, it's just, you know, you get to just ignore certain features that happen up on these platforms because um, you don't really need them. <laughs> no, I think that's huge. I think it's such a big permission slip too, because when you go into it with an actual strategy, then you can act, you can consciously not do those things. But the issue is, I think with YouTube especially, because it's been around for forever, it really has so many features that are you can use, you like can or cannot use. That if you don't go with a strategy and your objective, you're not you're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to feel like you have to do everything. And I feel like it's even for me, I'm still so curious even as an entrepreneur about influencer and creator culture that obviously I follow a few of them and it's easy to get yourself blinded and be like well maybe I should be doing that because like they're doing well even though they are literally just doing brand deals and like ads it's like it's not the same but I think we do get very diluted unfortunately because of that because we only really see those people winning at YouTube in the external sense oh gosh you remind me of a um, strategy call that I had the other day with a client literally had that same perspective. And I had to say, hold on. <laughs> I had to say, hold on. Let me kind of like re-educate you on something real quick because um, she was only like, like really just exposed to like the creators and how they do like YouTube. And so she was like, I don't want to be a stuffy, like, like eight minute talking head hack or whatever that that just one, two, three or whatever. Right. And so, um, and I was like, hold on. So let me, um, let you know this one thing. Um, these people are creators. They just, they get their money a, a different way. Like when, when people go to your when people go to your um, channel, uh, you want them to actually work with you, right? And so um, your videos don't have to be boring. Your videos don't have to be unengaging in order for you to get that like job done. They can still show you, show your personality and all that.
other stuff because she liked how the creators were able to show their personality and able to like kind of show and that's totally understandable but what i think people um uh don't get is that just because you are a business owner it doesn't mean that like i'm telling you to like make just like a boring bland youtube video in order to get leads um the way that we um the way that i um taught her inside of the strategy session was to pepper in your personality your client stories all of these things within that one video so that um, your personality is still in there, your authority is still in there, you're building trust in there, and you also have your conversion um, in there as well, right? You're just doing it in a 10-minute video versus it being like, like a 30-minute get ready with me type of like, you know, vibe or whatever. You can still show your personality. You you should still add, add a story element to these strategic YouTube videos in the strategy, um, because those are going to be the things that are going to connect that person to your business and to you and position yourself as the expert, right? Because we all know that people buy from people that they like. So, so, so we always tell our clients to add in some kind of story element, whether it's for, from their perspective or their client's perspectives to get those people that are watching that video into the, um, into the mode that like, oh, I want them to see themselves in those experiences, right? To understand that those people have, that this person can also help them get to that transformation that they desire to, right? And um, within the video, not only is that video giving them the answers that, that, that they're looking for, but you're also building so much proof to them that it's just a no brainer for them to take that next step and get onto your email list or, or book that call with you or whatever that, that conversion point is for them. So I think it's really important that we mention this because I think that is also one of people's very, I guess, kind of fears. They don't say that often is around that person feeling like they have to take out the personality just because they need to show the problem or, or whatnot. And I think about this as when I do actually put on my YouTube again, something that I, even I notice as I'm watching people who I do follow and enjoy is that, like you said, you can pepper in personality and obviously your personality is going to be different. But I think about it like I've seen this done really well, people who do like bloopers or they add in at the, like a really random intro that they like pop out of nowhere like that shows their fun side you don't if that's not you obviously don't do it but I'm I'm curious how you help people to add in that peppering because I I think it does give them that like reminder they need sometimes they don't have to be so professional or like stand up about it because it does sometimes I think feel that way in their brain yeah so uh when it comes to the personality I I they it it just helps them they just get more and more comfortable on camera um yeah. each time and so in this i tell them to like literally be yourself like just you you're not trying to how do i say this your brain is the star here so just relax and just tell them the information like you know just just tell them <laughs> what they need to know put your spin on it tell them uh, what it because there's no point in you putting on this um facade on camera and then when they meet you for your VIP day they're like who the hell are you lady yeah. like right it's, it's like it's like what what's happening you're not the same person that I thought that I was buying from right um and so you don't want that disconnect to happen so just be yourself and and go with it but then um so that's like one element right you can still be funny crack jokes whatever you want right um but then um I have them um, whenever they make their points to incorporate some type of story, 
yeah. um, into there, right? So um, whether or not, whatever it's like how to do this or three reasons why you can't do this or whatever, um, every point or about like at least one that one of the two points should have a element of a story um, and so it it can be relevant to you as the person talking on the camera or a client story, right? All I want to happen is there to be some type of connection that the viewer can connect to and they can understand, oh, okay, I get it. Or, oh, yeah, that that's happened to me too. Or like, you, you know, like that's kind of what, what we want to happen, right? Because that's what happens in other longer form videos. People just have a longer time to get there, True. right? <laughs> that's just kind of what it is. Um, and then you all, and then as you add that in, and, and, and so you, and so you can have that in either every point or maybe one or two points or wherever it makes sense, right? So adding in those stories normally helps our clients come out of, um, like they're kind of like stage fright is, 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 yeah. is that the word? I don't know if it is or not, but like, I would come say out it's definitely something like that for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think about that even for myself when I did like, I think I did a YouTube strategy years ago for like a month or two. And I mm -hmm. felt so much like once the camera turned on, my eyes went dead. <laughs> I, I just went straight into like news reporter mode. And it's funny that you mentioned that part around the, like, basically presenting your topic or point with a story because it's something that I have to drill down into my people when I have people who are more uh of the like the Reiki the less the more um, emotional based stuff because I'm like people won't understand until they hear from a story there's a reason why movies still are the best ways to convey certain themes because when you tell a story it lands so much deeper along with also the social proof and credibility that you're helping people you helped yourself do whatever that topic is so i think it's important for people to hear this as you go into it that it's really can be that lead gen that you need it to be but know and understand with youtube that it is meant to work for you, but you have to also work with it and like understand how you can blend the two together, which is why I think Jamar does such a good job with this with his clients and also uh, offering actual consulting based offers again, which is going to be amazing for people because Yay. people need this work from you. And I think especially with the work that I do, even them helping you get conversions, I can't help you to get more conversions if you don't have any leads to come in to begin with. <laughs> like that's just, <laughs> it's not going to happen. So I, I want people to hear more about you, where they can find you and like hear all the things that you do, because I know after this episode, they're going to be even more in love with you. Yeah. So I'm going to make sure that you have all the link links to put into the show notes and, and stuff, but you guys can find me on YouTube at Jamar Diggs, also on Instagram at Jamar Diggs. And, um, and you're going to be able to um, work with me in a few other consulting offers um, as well to where we're able to do your whole YouTube strategy for you. So you don't have to even worry about what topics you have to do or anything. I go in and audit your YouTube channel, talk to you about um, the strategy around it, what is going to be your lead, like your lead generation strategy, what is going to be your, your conversion points, your content um, points that you're going to be um, doing. If you already have a channel, I go ahead and assess like what's happening with it. Some people like, you know, don't really know. And then you also get um, 12 video topics with 12 optimized search engine friendly um, titles as well. So that's that's our um, our signature done for you YouTube strategy. And I'm so excited to like um, work with anyone in that capacity. 
I think it's going to be great for people, especially because like we just talked about at the beginning of this, it really is the beginning of starting this can feel like the hardest part is really getting over the hump of knowing how to begin this and what to even start to really bring in more of that pipeline that YouTube can be for you. So thank you again, Jamar, for coming on for the second time. And I'm looking forward to everyone finding you down the links below. Again, please go follow him, watch all the things because he is such a wealth of knowledge and I can't recommend him enough. So thank you all for being here. Thank you, Jamar. And I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Online Presence Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go down and give a five-star review. And if you want to continue the conversation, be sure to follow us at Danielle Clem with three M's on Instagram. And if you're ready to take your scaling journey to the next level, head over to danielleclem.com for our own life-changing offers. See you on the interwebs and in the next episode.